0: Welcome to Living in Victory with Pastor Sonny Argonzoni, your weekly podcast. Today, we begin a series that will challenge you to grow in your faith and keep you walking in victory. Here is today's message from the Argonzoni archives.
1: That wall must come down, amen, (whistles) hallelujah. All in God's timing, amen. Nehemiah chapter one, and we're going to be reading the first four verses of Nehemiah chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Echelah. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the twentieth year I was in Shunan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And asked them. I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left, of heaven every head bowed every eye closed Lord Jesus this morning once again we thank you for the beautiful presence of your Holy Spirit that we're able to sense and feel in this auditorium this morning we thank you for the hunger of your people Lord we're we're anxious to hear from you and I pray that you speak to our hearts you know us better than anyone else And through your Holy Spirit, deal with us and speak to us this morning. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. (coughs) This morning, I have entitled this message, uh, A Man on a Mission. When you think about Nehemiah, he was a man that was on a mission. And I'm going to be bringing four areas in Nehemiah's life that I want us to look at. But before we do that, I'd like to give you a little bit of background on Nehemiah. Nehemiah was an Israelite slave who served the king of Persia as a cupbearer. So when you read the whole book of Nehemiah, you're able to see that he was a slave. He was a slave and he was Serving the king of Persia, and he was a cupbearer. That was his uh, his title. That was his occupation. You know what a cupbearer was? He would drink the wine, and and tasted it, tasted the food before the king partook of it. So that if anybody was going to be poisoned, it was going to be Nehemiah, not the king. This was his 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 job. This was his task, and. Uh, and cup-bearers are often chosen, they just didn't pick anybody at random, but they were also o- often chosen because of their good character and also personal appearance. The person was very close to the king, and it was a very, very prominent position. This person had constant access to the king. So you can imagine the type of person that Nehemiah was, Nehemiah was a person of character Was a person of a good reputation Was a person uh, That had a good personal appearance And it was a person that was Very very close To the king So you would look at Nehemiah In a place of prominence If you're close to the king Like that He's in a place of of prominence prominence, And he's in a very very high place In other words Nehemiah had had made it and, and could have been content to stay and, and there and, and just enjoy the life of ease. But we find that uh, Nehemiah was really challenged. God began to challenge him. And there are four areas in Nehemiah's life that I want us this morning to be able to take a look at. The first area in the life of Nehemiah was that he developed a passion and a burden for a need. Now, when you you read the portion of scripture that we read, we, we know that the walls of Jerusalem were torn down. And then he asked about the state of Jerusalem and the people there. And they began to tell him the state that they were in. And he began to develop a real burden for Jerusalem, for the walls of Jerusalem, for the condition that Jerusalem was in. And that was the beginning of a a stirring that began to take place in the life of Nehemiah. It was a, a passion and a burden for a need that began suddenly to begin to change his life. And I believe that every person that's here this morning, every one of us, when you come to Jesus, we need to understand that Jesus has a plan for every one of us. There's not one person here, and I don't care what your background may be or where you come from or what your nationality may be or whatever. I want you to know that every person that is gathered here this morning, this is why you are so important in the eyes of God because God has a, a personal plan for you. God has a personal will for you and He has a personal plan for your life. And the only way that you're able to find enjoyment in life is when you're able to find that plan, find the will of God, and align ourselves to the will of God. That's why there's a lot of miserable people around that are very, very unhappy, is because they haven't come to God's plan in their life. They have not aligned their will to God's will for their life. So every one of us that are here this morning, I want you to know that you are very, very special, because God has called you, and God has a plan for your life. And the, the, Nehemiah de- developed a, a passion for a need. Whenever God calls us, he always calls us to a need. He always calls us and he gives us a task. Or he gives us a project. First he calls us to himself. And that's the most important thing. Is that he calls us to himself. And then the closer we get to him, we begin to develop his heart. And we begin to develop his vision. And then he has a... A plan and and a project and a mission that he lays out for us. And that's what happened to Nehemiah. Before that, Nehemiah was content there at the palace. He was content being a cupbearer. But all of a sudden, that very moment when he heard the news, he received the call. He was stirred inside of him. His life was never again the same. His life was never again the same. And I've seen this happen in the lives of, of, of many people. This is the way Victory Outreach started, was with a call of God. And then we responded to the call of God. And now we have Victory Outreaches all over the world. And I, uh, sometimes the Lord even changes it. Or as you, you're serving God, God takes you into another dimension. I think about David Martinez. I don't know if many of you know David Martinez. He, w- he got saved... When I was running the Teen Challenge Center in Los Angeles, that was even before Victory Outreach, David Martinez came in, a drug addict, and he came in and God delivered him and saved him and gave him a beautiful wife. And David, he's pastored for many years, and he's planted different churches, and he was pastoring in in San Fernando Valley. And now when he's in, uh, I would say the age that he's in, he's in the 50s. He's in the 50s. And usually when you're in the 50s, you want to slow down, right? You see, I've done a lot of work. I've I've been in in ministry. I've, I've pastored for many years, and he's pastored for many years. But all of a sudden, God gave him a brand new challenge. And God didn't just give him a challenge for a city, but God gave a challenge for a whole country, the country of Australia. And David started making trips to Australia. And now when you look at David, he's totally consumed with Australia. Not only is he pastoring the church in San Fernando, and he's having good results in pastoring the church in San Fernando, but he's also overseeing three different works in three different cities in Australia. Every three months, he goes to Australia. And when you hear him speak, he's speaking about reaching Australia for Jesus Christ. And then just recently, not only did he stop with Australia, but they also invited him to New Zealand. So he took a little hop over to New Zealand. And he began to see the need in New Zealand. And he came back not only burdened with Australia. But also burdened with New Zealand as well. And he's believing God for Australia. And he's also believing God for New Zealand. What happened to David? David's life was totally changed. I mean something happened to him. What, what ignited David was the the need that existed in Australia. He received the call of God of not only pastoring in San Fernando, but also reaching out to that continent and taking the message of Jesus Christ. And his life has been stirred. And he's totally dedicated to that mission and that task that is before him. he's He's a man on a mission. Just like we see Nehemiah here in the book of Nehemiah. So the first thing then is that we need to be able to develop a, a burden for something. And here, to tell you the truth, the burden was not, not only for Nehemiah had for the people in Jerusalem, but he also had for that broken down wall. I would say he had a burden for construction project. Wow. <laughs> the wall was broken down. And he says we can't keep the wall broken down something has to be done about it and he got busy he received the burden for a construction project of restoring the wall of jerusalem again and i think with us it's it's not good enough for just your pastors to have the burden to see this place change i have a burden we have a burden not only to reach out to San Diego and to reach out to the people of San Diego but we have a burden to renovate this entire building I look at the walls and I can't wait for the walls to come down I look at these I look at the lights you know they went out this morning I don't know if you noticed that you were busy up in heaven there with the <laughs> but the lights went out and I noticed the lights went out and then I noticed the pastors Pastor Mo goes like that and Ronnie goes like that and Pastor Greg runs back there and then uh, Pastor Moses is not moving fast enough so he runs back there too and, and before you know it then the lights come back up again you know well you know that's a need that's, there's a need here to transform this auditorium I believe we could transform this auditorium and by the time we finish with it we can have a beautiful auditorium that God has given to us how many can say amen to that <laughs> I believe God wants us to have the very best so it's not good enough for me and Julie to, to have that, that passion and, 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 and feel the need to be able to see that happen. Every one of you got to get a hold of that. If, if this is your church and God has, has placed you here, then this is part of the need that every one of us should feel. That's not good enough. We, we want to see the very best take place here within our church not only ministry wise but also even in our auditorium that when people come in you can bring your friends in here you don't have to be embarrassed you can bring your family members and tell them come over here let's go to go to my church we got a we got a beautiful church there in in san diego because we have we have a beautiful church because we have a beautiful god and we have a big god how many can say amen to that So he had a burden for a project to be able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And then secondly, not only do we see that Nehemiah had a, a passion and a burden for the need, but he also waited for the right time and for the doors to open. Waiting for the right time. And he didn't wait that long. When you think about waiting, you know, he waited for four months. And I think the need was so great, the need was so great, the need was so timely that when God called him and God gave him that need and, and gave him that burden, it was quick to, to take, he needed to get into action right away. And it was four months before actually he, he got into action. He had to wait about four months. But how many know that if you read the account, when he was waiting the four months, he wasn't just sitting back and waiting. But he was praying and he was fasting. He was praying and he was fasting. And he was also formalizing a plan to tackle the project. And one of the things that I want to tell you is that, you know, he understood. When you look at him, he was was a man that was under authority. The authority of the king. And he wanted confirmation and blessings of the king. He wasn't just going to go and just disappear. And be irresponsible and, and disappear, and, and go and take care of that need. There's a lot of people like that that you see them in church one day and then they disappear. They tell me that some people disappear over here, and then they say, "Don't worry, they'll be back." And they know the timing that the person will be back. They'll be back in about three months. And they say they do it all the time. You know? I said, "Boy, that's weird. You know, that's that's kind of that's kind of weird. A person." It's over here and then they disappear and then all of a sudden they come back and say hi how are you hey, praise the Lord I'm back Isn't that wonderful? that's a person that hasn't really learned to be under spiritual authority hasn't learned to be under spiritual authority we need to be under the spiritual authority of God we want God to use our lives we need to be under spiritual authority and recognize that we don't call our own shots If we're going to do anything, we better be sure that that God has approved it. And it's been approved by God. And when that begins to happen, then we're able to just walk and continue to align ourselves in the divine will of God. So Nehemiah understood that. He wanted the confirmation and the blessing of the king. He was under authority. And he was patient until it was God's time to open the door. So he fasted and prayed and he says I don't want to move before your time God it has to be at your time and, and I don't want to go ahead of you but I want to be right in step with what you're doing so he was fasting and praying and seeking God now waiting is so very very difficult and I want to apply it in two different ways I could apply it as far as this building we're in a waiting mode and I, I tell her, uh, I'm very, I like things right away. And I got brother Carlos, he's the one that's overseeing, you know, our construction project. And I say, Carlos, are well, the plans done? Well, not yet, you know. But well, what's holding it up? Well, we got to still get from the architect, we got to get the electrical, we got to get this. Have we submitted it yet? No, we haven't submitted it yet. Well, what do you think is going to happen in two weeks? And then later on he says, well, it may be another three weeks, you know, and, and then when we submit it, we don't know how long it's going to take before they approve the plans. Well, you know that I'm an impatient guy, right? So at least I knocked down one wall, praise the Lord. <laughs> we got one wall down. But this wall, they tell me, you can't can knock it down until we get the approval, until the, the plans are approved. So I got to wait for those walls before. got to wait and got to be patient. But while we're being patient and we're waiting, there's also a time of planning. There's a time of, of strategizing and also planning. We're not just sitting back and waiting and saying, well, we just wait for it. And then when it happens, but right now we're looking for the workers. Right now we're looking for the, the people that are going to get involved. I even brought Brother Ray that he's come down from Los Angeles. He's an expert when it comes to air conditioning. He has he does big commercial buildings and he's at the church in Whittier. And I told Joe, Joe, bring down Ray because I want some expertise and I want some advice. So we, want, we don't want to make any mistakes. Everything that we do, we want to be right on as we do. We don't want to redo things over again. And there's a lot of talent in, in Victory Outreach. So I'm tapping into the talent. And at the same time, we're also planning and we're strategizing. and We're trying to get our team together. So when they give us the green light, Bless God, we're ready to go. Amen? That's speaking as far as the project. But what about speaking as far as ministry? Now, this is a church. I think this is one of the, the churches. I don't think this is a church that's more task-oriented than Victory San Diego. That when you don't have something to do, you get nervous. You get, you get a tax or you know, something. You, you gotta be doing something. And I've seen that happen with some, some leaders that they just, I say, just be cool, enjoy yourself. Like even in this, uh, in this festival that we had, this United with Camp Festival, people were saying, how much money are we supposed to make? What is you know, it? Like, you know, like, everybody, you know, like, do, do, do we have to make a lot of money? What is it? I said, just enjoy yourself. Just enjoy yourself. Just have a good time, and God will bring in the money. God will bring it in. And I, there wasn't no tension out there, was there? See, everybody relaxing in the Lord, hallelujah. And I think we made some money, too. I, I think we did. I think we did. But, you know, it's always tense and always task oriented So we've got to remember that there's sometimes when the Lord says, No, I just want you to be still. I just want you to be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we're working so much and we're running here and running there and so caught up with our activity that God cannot even speak to us. And sometimes the Lord says, Listen, he tells us personally, I just want you to be still and know that I am God. Let me deposit something within your life. He does that individually, and at the same time, he does that as a congregation. And in that period that he's doing that, you know what he's doing? He's developing character within our lives. Because I'll tell you, you can't go too far if you haven't developed character. You can have all kinds of talent. You can have all kinds of uh, gifts and ability. But if you don't develop a spiritual backbone, you're not going to go very far. Your minute's going to be very short. You're not, you're not going to have a long-lasting ministry. That's why you see sad situations where people have spiritual shipwrecks. It's because they want to move on with God and want to do great exploits for God, but their character has not been developed. And when God wants to do something great within our lives, He wants to do something great within your life and great within my life, then He's going to say, listen, I have to first... Before I could get what I want to get out of you, and before you could do those great exploits, and before you could really accomplish that mission, that God-given mission that I'm giving to you, I must develop some spiritual backbone and character within your life. So what happens? He begins to do that. and Many times he does that in, in just telling us to be still, and, and he's depositing something within our lives. And there's a waiting period sometimes that he has a still. But in that waiting period, he wants to do something special. And we need to be open as God is working within our lives. We're under construction. But in that waiting period, there's a lot of people that have a tendency to rebel. And they become, there's also a danger of becoming inactive. The worst thing that I would would hate to see, I think Pastor Tony's done a great job in, activating this congregation. this is why it's kind of been easy for Julie and I I think Pastor Tony and Nellie have done a great job in passing the vision down and really activating this congregation and this has been great for Julie and I but we got to be careful that even at the times that we're, we're waiting and even the times that you may not be, actively involved like you were actively involved before that all of a sudden you don't develop a habit of uh, idleness and become inactive and you become in, you become permanently inactive See? even while we're waiting we should be doing something how you know that i mean we should be involved in doing something we should be at the prayer meeting. What was Nehemiah doing? He was fasting and praying while he was waiting. While he was waiting, he was building up his spiritual life because he knew that God had a great task for him. He knew that that task was not going to be easy. And he says, whenever God is giving me a task, it's always going to be a God-sized task that's always going to be bigger than self. So I better get myself ready so I can accomplish that task. I want you to know this, that God wants to take us into another level here in San Diego. I can feel it. That's why I'm so excited about it. Just listening to you guys, you don't even sound the same in six months. Even the choir don't sound the same. Even Lalo don't sound the same. Something different is a spirit here. An uplifting spirit and there's there's a maturity that's taking place within our congregation. You know why God is doing that? The reason why God is doing that is because He wants to take us to the next level. He wants to take us to the next level. And before He takes us to the next level, we need to be a congregation, we need to be a people that are ready to go into the next level. So there are times when it seems like you're not being noticed or maybe you're sitting down and you're not involved in the ministry that you were involved in it's a time of waiting period. I want you to know it's a character development time. It's a time that God wants to do something within our lives. Now, I wasn't always, it always hasn't been easy for, for me in the very beginning. In the very beginning, Julie said it, you know, she says it like animal, right? Animal. And that was when we had Victory Outreach. Imagine before that. This is why I bounced around a number of times before, I, before Victory Outreach was even founded. Even before Victory Outreach was founded, I, I, I worked in Team Challenge. I, worked, uh, as, uh, I was supervisor of Team Challenge. I worked as field evangelist for the Assemblies of God. I was approved as field evangelist for the Assemblies of God. In other words, I was raising money from all the Assembly of God churches for inner city ministries. And then uh, I was also associate evangelist with Nikki Cruz for a period of time, traveling with Nikki and going from country to country with Nikki in the big crusades and associate evangelist with Nikki Cruz before I was ready, before I was ready for what God had for me, before I was ready for victory outreach. Finally, we're bouncing around in all these different ministries. Then God says, okay, you bounced around. You're still, you're still on the cutting edge. You, you still love me. You're still you're praying. You're still seeking my face. And now you're ready for the main thing that I have for you. And that's when God then brought the vision of Victory Outreach. And I was ready to respond to the vision that God had for us. What about Moses. The first time Moses tried to liberate his people, his timing was off and his timing was so off that it was 40 years he was off. 40 years off time, the timing of God. So Moses wasn't ready. God wasn't about to, 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 to uh, endorse him because Moses wasn't ready. He wasn't moving according to the time clock of God. God always has his timing we must move according to the timing of God waiting is a good time to prepare ourselves mentally spiritually and I would say for San Diego also financially as well and I say financially because we're involved in a what with a P a what what say say project say project you see those big air conditionings back there those big air conditionings came out of the building fund. That means that we had to get money and buy those air conditionings. And I think there's been a number of you that, I may be getting ahead of myself. I'm going deal with that later, but I just say it anyhow right now.. There's some of you that uh, have paid your pledge, and there's others that have not paid your pledge now. I think somebody told me, you know, somebody says to me, you know why there's about 60% come in? What what came in? About 60? About 60% came in. That means that the others have not come in. Then somebody told me, well, usually what we do, you know, we have a big fish or we have a big giveaway. Or we could say, well, for the banquet we'll give away tickets, you know. And then give incentives so that you're going to get your tickets if you go ahead and, and, and you play your pledge. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have a list of names and this is how much you give and that's baby stuff. I don't think we need that type of motivation. The type of motivation, maybe that was good in the past, and I don't put it down. It was great in the past, and it worked in the past. But listen, now God wants that whatever we're going to do, we do it because we love God, not because we want to get recognition. How many can say amen to that? You don't have to have your name up somewhere and say, look, so-and-so gave so much money. And then you say, look how much money I gave. Glory to me. No, you don't need that. if there's going to be any motivation we're going to do it because we love god and because we have a vision for this house and we want to see it happen how many can say amen to that can i hear you say praise the lord Lord. see now i'm preaching like a pastor ain't i (laughs) take my little knife out you know hallelujah i'll talk more about that a little later I'll get to that. I've got to talk a little bit more about that. But there's a waiting period. How make it say amen? So he went ahead and he recognized the, that uh, the second thing that he did is waited waited for the right time and waited for the doors to open. And then thirdly, also Nehemiah, he knew that he would need protection from the king. He wanted safe passage and he also requested letters from the king. So he knew that he needed to have protection from the king. And that's pretty smart, isn't it? He knew that as he journeyed and as he traveled, there were dangers on the road. And we need to be aware, every one of us, that whenever you set out to do something for God, the devil's going to attack you. Because we're involved in spiritual warfare. We need to be aware of it, that we are involved in warfare. And we will confront battles. Not only are you going to confront battles, but Julie and I confront battles. And you know, it's been funny that we haven't really been hit over here that much. But you know, we've been hit. We've been hit out there in in L.A., Julie and I. We've been hit in L.A. where they they say, Pastor, when are you coming back? You know, not the church, but the, the international, you know, Minister, we need you over here. You know, they panic. We need you over here. And I said, no, you don't need me there right now. You don't need me there. You need me there. And I usually go for about three days. This is why I kind of break my time. This is where we've been working. Is that I'm here uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I try to be Monday. But if I can't be Monday, then I'm over there. But usually I'm over there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're dealing with all the international responsibilities that we're dealing with. And then, we're over here, we're over here, a little bit more than over there. But the reason why I say that, there's no problem, there's no problem over there, and God's going to take care of business, is because God has us here. And if they're responding to anything, they're going to respond because the devil is doing it. The devil's trying to discourage them, the devil's trying to do it. So we need to recognize, listen, if we're in the will of God, then there isn't any devil that could discourage us because we know that we're in the center of the will of God. And when we're in the will of God, everything is going to work out fine. Did I hear you say amen to that? But we are going to confront battles. And the battles that we're going to confront, and it's going to happen here as well, for many of you, you're probably going through it right now. You know, when you start talking about, you know what we're dealing with right here? We're not only dealing with a building, but we're dealing with souls coming in. We're talking about that. When we knock that down, we're going to be having close to a thousand people that are going to be coming into this auditorium. Where do you think those people are going to come from? Those hurting people. And if there was ever a city... Oh my God, I get so excited. If there was ever a city that is tailor-made for victory outreach my god it's san diego god knew what he was doing when he raised up victory outreach in san diego and i want you to know that we haven't even yet scratched the surface of what god wants to do well i'm anticipating great revival in fact, that I'm going to tell some of the other ministries hey, you want to get fired up? You come out here, brother. <laughs> you don't know, want to know where the fire is? Woo! La Candela! The fire is in San Diego. Why is it because there's a cr- tremendous need here? It, 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 was, it was God's sovereign will, it was God's purpose to establish. A ministry here in San Diego. So, so now that we're getting serious, now that we're getting serious and you're coming to church and you're coming early, hallelujah. Some of you are coming early now. Before you were dragging in, 10.15, 10.30, we would be here at 10 o'clock, nobody was here. I said, my God, what's happening here? But now you're coming early. You, you look like you got you mean business. It's still some of you que todavía no you know. But most of you are coming in early. You know what that says—that you're eager. When a congregation comes in early to to church, is saying, "I, I want to get in there for the prayer. I want to prepare my heart. I'm ready to receive from God. I'm ready to do spiritual warfare." And I see that happening here. And as as that begins to happen, then the devil begins to get nervous. And he tries to attack. And he attacks by, we confront different powers. We confront discouragement. Sometimes we kind of get discouraged. You know what discouragement means? It means a lack of courage. So we have to be courageous. Discouragement means that we've lost courage. We shouldn't lose courage when we're involved in the battle, because victory is ours. Also, loneliness that comes into our lives. Loneliness. Also, a feeling of inadequacy. And I want to tell you about that feeling of inadequacy. I think every one of us should feel very inadequate for what we're about to do and what we're doing. I think the leadership that's involved here in this church, as we begin to move on into other areas of ministry, there's going to be some scary, it's going to be scary. You know that even Julie and I, they they talk a lot about Julie and I because we're the founders. We're the founders. Founders of Victory Outreach. But do you know that we never pastored any other church? So this is scary for Julie and I. Even coming here, this is the first time that we've ever pastored another church other than the church in La Puente. So for us, it's a brand new thing. And it was scary. And it's still, I feel very inadequate. I think Julie also feels very inadequate for the task that God has given to us and we recognize man we need God whenever I feel inadequate you know how I feel inadequate sometimes when, I, when you people are not responding when they say come on Friday to the prayer meeting you know the ending hallelujah <laughs> and I'm looking where are they then Julie and I say, "I don't know if we're doing a good job." You know, I don't know if we're doing a good job. I hope that we hope that we're doing a good job. Or if we say Sunday night, Sunday's the day to come, and Sunday night come, and we come on Sunday, and the people are missing, we say, I don't know about that. And discouragement and, and uh, a feeling of inadequacy begins to set in. We feel inadequate that we we, we we're not sufficient. To do what God has called us to do. And I want to tell you something. It's good to feel inadequate because what it does, it drives us to our knees. It drives us to our knees. It brings us back to the realization that anything God is going to call us to do is always going to be a God-sized task. In other words, if Julie and I, with our experience, listen to me. If Julie and I, with all the experience we have, we could just come over here and do everything out of experience, then we don't need God. But when we feel inadequate and we say, oh God, we're moving into new territory. And oh God, you're taking us into new experiences. Oh God, we need you more than we ever needed you before. Then God begins to move. How many can say amen to that? God begins to move. So a feeling of inadequacy could be good if we start pressing in with God. And we should feel that because we feel the need of God within our lives. So we're going to confront battles. But we need to remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the tools of Satan, Satan tactics are this. I want to tell you what Satan tactics are every time he attacks, he tries to pick off the leadership. Now think about some of your experiences. He tries to pick off the leadership. That's why he'll try to work on some of, we've got to pray for our pastoral staff. Just keep, that God will keep his hand on them. He tries to pick off the leadership, and then he also tries to divide the people. I, you know, I thank God, when I came in here, this is like a war zone. You know, some of you son pelioneros. (laughs) Le gustan pelear If you don't know it and what I'm saying in English, just feel the spirit anyhow. You know, just... (laughs) (laughs) When I came in here, I was ducking blows and blows and blow and and felt like I was in the yard. you know that has changed and the reason why because there was it was a spirit of division there was a spirit of division and i praise god that uh, when i look now i see a whole spirit a whole different change of a spirit of, of unity that we're all coming together and working together in the lord oh hallelujah and the only way god is able to bless is when there's unity within the house and not division within the house. And I feel a spirit of unity of us working together. Different personalities, uh, different temperaments, but we're all able to get together and we say we're united in this great vision that God has given to us. and, And I need you and you need me and we need each other. So what the devil tries to do, he tries to divide us and then at the same time he also tries to make us inactive inactive that's what he tries to do and I'm I i, I do not want you to become a congregation that becomes a nominal congregation the worst thing that I would hate to see and you guys have been a real working congregation and I want you to keep that but at the same time keep the balance that we we I want to know him first then as I know him then I'm going to work for him and then the balance balances is, is there And we cultivate our spiritual life. But the danger is to become a nominal Christian and to become a a nominal congregation or to become an inactive congregation. You know where the danger comes as the church begins to grow. This is why we're going to have to find ways of mobilizing every person that's in this church that they could plug in and use their gifts and their talents and do something for God. We don't want any spectators that are here in Victory Outreach. I believe God wants to use every person that he brings into this place and into this ministry. i make a say amen to that. So we don't want an, an inactive... Con- you know what an inactive congregation is? Our spectators. They just come. As, they come on Sunday morning... And they go, in other words, feed me. And sometimes I say, feed them for what? They're not going to do nothing anyhow. They go back, and then they go back again and live a defeated life, and then they come back again, feed me. I think if we're going to get fed, it's because we We've got to get ourselves equipped to be able to get ready, to be able to, to get on the, on the front line and do something for God. Now, I'll tell you, if you want to be like that, if you want to be inactive, if you want to be a specter we'll love you anyhow. Uh, we have a number of them in La Puente. We have a whole section in the back. You know what I say to them? I love you. We're not going to chase you away. It's up to you. Maybe one of the days we believe that God's going to stir you up, you know. So we love you anyhow. This is for you. Okay, you, this is for you. With the hope that one of these days something's going to happen. You're going to get electrified by the Holy Ghost. And something's going to happen within your life. And God's going to stir you up. But we never want to see an inactive congregation. We want to see that zeal. We want to see that cutting edge within our people. That we could be a congregation that's going about doing the work that God has called us to do. How many can say amen to that? So he makes us inactive and also he persecutes the work of God persecutes the work of god now paul knew all about that when he wrote in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 but i keep under my body and bring it under subjection least by any means when i have preached to others i myself should be a castaway paul understood that he was in a spiritual battle paul knew the mentality and spiritual warfare that he was about nehemiah was not alone when he 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 wasn't he he wasn't alone he had a covering he was under the king we're not alone we're under the king of kings and lord of lords even when you're facing spiritual battles we're under the main man one that has all power then last of all i finish with this nehemiah knew he would need resources That's the way it comes to the money part. That's why I said I got ahead of myself. He knew he would need resources. What resources did he need? He needed material resources. And his dependency was on the king. And we need, we need as a people to be able to live by faith. We need to learn to trust God. Listen to me. We need to learn to trust God for our financial needs. We begin by learning to trust God in pain, or what? And also, and also, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> say it again. We need to, we, we learn to trust God by what? Okay. Uh, all the tithes, not just uh, t- all the tithes. No, say the whole, tithe. the whole tithe. And then above the tithes? Offering. And then above offering? the pledge. You can't leave the pledge out. Amen. We begin to learn because we're beginning to learn to depend upon Him. The more you
0: give, You're listening to Living in Victory with Pastor Sonny Argonzoni, your weekly podcast. I know you're enjoying today's message. We would love to hear how these podcasts are blessing your life. Connect with us today at sonnyargonzoni.org
1: for his congregation I'm not the type of believer that is always going to keep you in poverty now I'm not one of those uh, naming and claiming preachers I'm not one of those naming and claiming preachers I think sometimes that goes to an extreme because there's sometimes that it's good for you to have not have and be without but ultimately, I believe with all my heart, if you're faithful to God in your finances and in your giving and in your tithes and in your offerings, I'll guarantee you, in fact, I lay my life down on right now that God is going to prosper you. God will prosper your business. God will prosper everything that you do. You know why? Because it's not something legalistic. It's because you're putting your faith and trust in God. You're walking a life that is trusting God. And we need to learn integrity in our finances, keeping our financial commitments. This is why I've learned it a long time ago. If I make a commitment, I... By the way I still gotta pay that, don't I? My God, I don't strike me dead, Lord. I gotta pay two two thousand dollars, I think it is, right, Julie? You paid yours already? Oh, you're making me look good now. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get mine by this week. My two thousand dollars. Was it two thousand? It was two thousand. Okay, so you're gonna get my two thousand. Hallelujah. I don't wanna be one of those delinquent ones, amen. <laughs> It, it, it's because i you know, I just busy, you know. I just, you know just, just <laughs> we find a lot of excuses, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. You can tell I'm for real, eh, man. huh? Hallelujah. But we, we need to keep our financial commitments. We need to pay our bills. We we need to live according to our I means. This is why I want to tell you, I, I believe this church is paid up, right? Sister... Is, are we paid up we paid up on our mortgage paid up on our bills right you paid up one of the things that I said over here I want to make sure that this church pays its bills how could we have respect if we don't have financial integrity and thank God that we pay, were able to pay the aging we had a lot of aging we took care of that and now you people are by your tithes and, and your giving we're able to meet the the budget of this ministry. Give yourself a hand. Come on. And this ministry is going to grow. And as it grows, it needs more financial resources. That means we need more faithful people. And then also, last of all, we also need spiritual resources as well. And God's... We have God's authority. And God's anointing. And God will always equip us for the task that He wants us to do. This is why He gives us of His grace. This is why it's so exciting that I, I drive around San Diego. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to see... Have the eyes of God. You ever drive around and you see the people you say, They should be in our church. You ever see that? I drive around... And I see hundreds of people, and I say, man, they should be sitting in our church. Those are the people that God has called us to reach. And there's not only hundreds, but there's thousands of people in San Diego that are the key people, the target people, that God has called us to reach. In fact, those people should be here this morning. Those people should be here this morning. You say, well, how is it possible to have a church of 800, or have a church of 1,000, or have a church of 2,000? How is it possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. By the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Holy Spirit working within our lives. If God is saying, take San Diego, then I want you to know that He is going to give us the anointing and the spiritual authority and His grace... To be able to make an impact in San Diego. I don't want to hear that there's a church so-and-so that's making an impact. And church so-and-so that's making an impact. That's great. And I praise the Lord for them. But where's Victory Outreach? I think Victoria should be right alongside that when they say, who are the churches that are making an impact in San Diego? Who are the churches that have the anointing of God in San Diego? And right right up front, they'll be able to say and include victory outreach. (laughs) And deeply, you don't get excited with that? Now, why do I say that? I don't say that because we want to pat ourselves in the back. Not because of those motors, Because if you have those motors they ain't going to happen. They ain't going to happen. But We want to reach the people so they can come, like they say, walk around. All of a sudden, Pastor David walks around. Pastor Mo. Huh? Pastor Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that chow out of Ronnie. Oh, okay. <laughs> he got red. Look at him, <laughs> Ronnie. I'm only kidding, man. How many you thank God for Ronnie? Well <clears throat> Why do we want to see that happening? Because there's tremendous needs. I was telling Julie. I said after the conference, we want to open up a women's home. You know why we didn't open up a women's home before? Because we were weak. The money wasn't coming in. And even opening up the women's home now that we're getting stronger, we'll open up the women's home and then once a month we're going to receive an offering just for the women's ministry. And I believe you people are going to give, right? How many can say amen to that? So as you can see, we are what? Building. We're on a mission. God's people are on a God-given mission that God has given to us. And I praise the Lord for those of you that have come back. I praise the Lord for those of you that maybe you weren't because of some reasons, but you've come back. This is where you loved. And this is where you've got to just roll up your sleeves and be everything that God wants you to be. God has given us a mission. And we want to accomplish the mission that God's given to us. Are you going to stand with Julie and I? Yes. Are you going to stand with Julie and I? Yes. Are you going to stand with all this Mr. staff? I'm expecting to see a breakthrough with Gustavo with the Spanish. By the way, he, he, he last week I think it was, he had over huh, about 110, 115. So he broke the 100 mark. Amen? Good things are happening. Because the same anointing we have is the same anointing he has as he's ministering to the Spanish-speaking folk. Amen? So, this morning, are we on a mission? Are we on a mission? Are we going to accomplish
0: the mission? Can I hear you say yes? If this message has challenged you to step out and grow in your faith and walk in your victory, we would like to give you an opportunity to help someone who at this moment is in need for that victory in their life. You can make the difference by contributing a special gift to help us reach a hurting soul. Go to SonnyArgonzoni.org and make your special love gift. Be sure to continue to listen to Living in Victory with Pastor Sonny Argonzoni on Spotify and iTunes.